Hello, and welcome to Power That Matters. I'm your host, Tom Banks. Our mission is to maximize communication with our customers, specifiers, distributors, and partners, sharing the latest news, trends, and insights into the world of emergency power management. Toward this end, each week we'll dive deep into emergency power technology and its application across an incredibly wide spectrum of needs and environments. Good afternoon. I'm here today with Peter Van, Field Service Manager for Odyssey Power, a leading expert in the critical power industry here in Southern California. Peter has a deep history in technology, having served as a field technician for three decades. It is an honor to have Peter with us today on Power That Matters, for both Peter and his staff are fans of DSPM technology. Welcome aboard, Peter. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for having me. It, the honor is all mine, believe me. The, I'm always curious. The industry we're in is kind of weird. It's not like the computer industry or it's not like a commercial lighting, something that's romantic. What, everything we do is hidden deep in the bowels of buildings somewhere. No one ever sees it, but they become uh, acutely aware of it when an emergency strikes. So what drew you to the quality power management business, if I may ask? Back in the day when I was working on uh, missile systems at Martin Marietta, and uh, we had Teledyne INET UPS systems, that was back in the early 80s, and the uh, Teledyne tech that would come out said, you know, we need talented people. So, well, he offered me a job, and I decided to take it and step up and then never look back. Okay. Well, we're glad you didn't look back. Uh, must have been exciting in those days back with Martin Marietta in the early days of missiles. Oh, yes, it was. But uh, what I liked best about the uh, critical power business was the millions of people we actually served, which are the hospitals, the banking industry, uh, government institutions, defense, um, airport, on and on, uh, cable TV, uh, every bit of the telecommunication industry. So without our systems, of course, these things would not function 24 by 7, and millions of people rely on them for 911 call centers, etc. It's amazing, isn't it, the role we play, but we're, it's invisible. We are. We know we're there, and we take pride in that. And, you know, we're there when it matters most in an emergency. And so as long as we're doing our job, everyone is doing well. Can you tell me a little bit about Odyssey Power and and your role there, what Odyssey Power's reach is, the market emphasis, and exactly how you play into the whole formula? Well, Odyssey Power was formed back in 2000 by Mike Polera. He was uh, formerly with Liebert Corporation. He was a senior UPS engineer. He decided he wanted to open a business that offered a little bit more quality uh, over quantity, and he has a specific way he likes to go about the business. He likes to be very uh, straightforward with his clients and offer, again, the best, just not he doesn't want to be the biggest. He just wants to be the best. And so he formed this company and built it from the ground up, him and his wife. And uh, together, you know, they, they really built a nice organization over a 20-year period of time. We have a very talented group of people that now work there. Uh, he also splintered off not just UPS, he also then opened a generator division. And so now we have two service groups, generators. Uh, that group is focused only on generators, and then my group, which is UPS and critical power. And um, we're 
all over the map in California. Uh, we've had many offers to expand outside of California. We do a little bit in Arizona, uh, Nevada, but really we want to we want to just be the best here in California for right now. And uh, we're all about quality and providing the best in service at a fair price. How big an area does Odyssey serve, and, and how big is your personal team that you manage? Uh, we serve all of California from uh, the Oregon border down to the Mexico border and to the Nevada-Arizona border. So we cover California. Uh, I have a staff of nine uh, people at this time, seven field engineers and two in-house uh, support staff, as well as we have the rest of the staff in the company purchasing, finance, so forth. My role, of course, is to monitor, run the operations of the UPS uh, end of our company, the critical power division, on a day-to-day -day basis, and also grow the business. Okay. From the perspective of our vanity, how long have you been personally involved with working with DSPM? About a year and a half. We went through a six-month vetting process because our lighting inverter business had grown so much, yet we were becoming quite disillusioned with a lot of the manufacturers and suppliers of lighting inverters. And because of the clientele we have, such as a lot of the movie studios and hospitals and very prestigious data centers and so forth, a lot of corporations that rely on us, we wanted to find the best uh, lighting inverter source we could. So that's where that search led us was to DSPM. And we were uh, interviewing many, many companies that make lighting inverters, as well as all of my technicians that were putting in their input on servicing, serviceability, parts availability, etc. And also when it comes down to support by a company, uh, open architecture, quality of the build, quality of the units. Uh, so there were many facets of this vetting process that we went through. And like I said, it took us about six months, and we finally uh, settled with DSPM because we found that overall there were no other companies that could score as high as DSPM in every one of the areas that were important to us. Wow, that's impressive. Thank you. And plus our name is easy to spell, DSPM. <laughs> yes, it is, and you're local, which also yes. is very important to us. But uh, so we started uh, purchasing and selling DSPM products. So now, uh, no matter where we're at, whatever lighting inverter is there, um, we're always pushing to replace with a DSPM product. Many ask if Buy America Compliance is a big deal. I assure you, Buy America Compliance is a very big deal. If your projects are federally funded, or you're just plain patriotic, Unfortunately, people are often confused by the very similar names of the three acts directing patriotic consumerism and stimulate the U.S. economy. They are the Buy America Act, the Buy American Act, or simply Buy American. First, the Buy America Act imposes restrictions specific to federal funds administered by the Department of Transportation under the Surface Transportation Assistance Act passed in 1982. The Buy America Act simply requires mass transit projects to use steel, iron, and manufactured products that are produced in the United States. 
Separate and distinct from the Buy America Act is the easily confused Buy American Act passed by Congress in 1933 during the Great Depression and signed into law by President Hoover, also created to stimulate the decimated American economy. This act mandates that the United States government and federally funded projects give preference to American-made products over foreign vendors. Simple as that. Finally, to complicate matters, the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act, often referred to as ARRA, the Obama Stimulus Plan, are just simply Buy American, mandates that final products purchased for the ARRA-funded public buildings and works projects must prove that 100% of the product's components are made in the United States. Certainly all three Buy America dot 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 programs sound similar and lead to confusion. But in fact their differences, albeit subtle, are uniquely specific. Patriotism aside, you can rest assured DSPM is fully Buy America Act, Buy American Act, and Buy American compliant, ensuring your project's requirements are met, whether in transportation, federal or commercial building, or a local public school. So what does it take to comply with federal mandates? First, the emergency lighting inverter must be manufactured in the United States. And second, most if not all of the product's components must also be manufactured in the U.S. So, if only 49% of a manufacturer's parts cost is domestic, the device is likely not Buy America or Buy American compliant. The good news is DSPM is fully compliant. Over half of our components' costs are domestic, and 100% of DSPM's inverters are built right here in the good old USA, ensuring DSPM is Buy American and Buy America compliant, relieving you of just another burden, distraction, or concern. Before we continue, if you ever need help with any of your projects, you can reach DSPM toll-free at 877-377-6769. Rest assured our team is professional and understands our technology as well as your needs. Most importantly, DSPM is always at the ready and here to help. Let's return to our conversation with today's guest. Is there a specific market that Odyssey likes to focus on? You had mentioned healthcare and, and you know all the different industries from emergency, you know, communications facilities, et cetera. Does Odyssey have a sweet spot they like to focus on? Well, you know, I'd like to tell you that we have one, but we actually don't because we service every aspect of almost every type of business from aerospace uh, down to the hospitals or the police headquarters or to the folks like Disney or NBC, Universal, and, and clients like that, So and banking, a lot of banking. So really, there is no one focus except other than providing critical power solutions. Okay. From an emergency power solution perspective, uptime is the critical dynamic. So based on that, what, is, what have you defined as your strategy for achieving that uptime? Because we certainly rely on, on our manufacturing, but your, your team needs to be able to facilitate that uptime as well. Yes, by hiring the best and the brightest there is in our industry. 
I hire only senior field service engineers that have a proven track record and background, people I've worked with over the 30-year period of time in various corporations or people I've known about. And uh, it's all about hiring the quality type of field engineer who's a master at troubleshooting, takes pride in his work, and even on routine maintenance, uh, really pays attention to it and uh, does a really good job and prevents any failures, you know, from happening by recognizing when you have certain issues going on or cables coming loose or battery plants that are dying or whatever you find. So it's just having a lot of really sharp individuals that really care about what they do and have a lot of pride in their work. Okay. Do you rely on DSPM to facilitate your support or is your team adequately equipped that you only call upon us when they hit a stumbling block? So it's a little of both, I have to say that, because um, we work closely with a lot of folks at DSPM over various issues. The straightforward ones, okay, not a problem, but we're still on the horn with them, making sure we're getting the correct parts and everything else right, confirming our diagnosis and so forth. Then we have run into some tough issues occasionally, and I gotta say, a lot of these were caused by client misoperations. You know, they've been very instrumental in helping us overcome some tough difficulties we've had once in a great while. Uh, but whenever we've had them, we pick up the phone, they take our call, and they help us out 100%. That's great. You know, we have a great team of people here. They're a bunch of good guys and gals. With your 30 years of experience and looking forward, what are your expectations for this industry in the next 10 years? What, are the, what do you want to see? What's going to be the, in your opinion, the breakthrough technology that we should all be looking and hoping for? Probably one of the biggest will be the introduction of lithium ion into the battery backup plant for lighting inverters, UPS systems, etc. And the industry will probably start moving more over towards uh, DC power, utilizing, you know, solar and and the various other methods of uh, green energy. However, I don't think those are going to be the long-term solution. Uh, eventually, we have to figure out another way of uh, producing power. So sure. but right now, I see lithium-ion as being the big breakthrough. Uh, it'll make a huge difference in the batteries and the runtime. And, of course, you know, uh, NFPA 110 rules for 2019 dictate those uh, lighting inverters must make 90-minute runtime. Sure. And a lot of times these systems are put, they're tucked away all over the place. Sometimes they're, they're just buried in a parking garage in a room that's not really cooled properly. So it mm -hmm. gets pretty rough on battery plants. People, everyone's looking toward lithium-ion as the ultimate answer, but then we're confronted with catastrophic events like what happened on that dive boat off the coast of California, and they all are believing it's because of lithium-ion batteries and charging 35 cell phones. That could possibly be, very possibly be, uh, because of the technology of that particular makeup of lithium-ion battery. Now, Toshiba has been uh, researching, developing, and building, and is now uh, producing a lithium-ion technology that you can go online, look them up on YouTube, watch the video, their lithium-ion battery um, does not catch fire like other lithium-ion batteries, even when it's being sure. crushed. That's going to be the key here is developing the technology and the correct chemical makeup of the lithium-ion 
to prevent these type of fires. Because it mm-hmm. is true. In the early days with lithium-ion right now, we're, we're seeing phones catch on fire, Teslas catch on fire. Well, that's because of the makeup, chemical makeup in the battery. Right. So, like me, you are coming to the latter years of your career in, in business. So I'm 67 years old, and you sound like you're well over 35. So Thanks. Are, you recom- <laughs> are you recommending young people to consider this industry? I am, especially encourage them in engineering, research, and development. We need a lot of minds out there. It takes more than one. And I do encourage them. It's been a great industry for me. It's been a great industry for all my engineers out there, field engineers. Their families have done well. They've done well. And the future just holds a lot of magnificent things. We're just on the cusp and the verge of merging all the different technologies now that are coming together. So, yes, yeah, I do encourage young folks to get in there. They're going to need to be there to help provide this uh, world with uh, with the power needs to come. But we have this challenge in America with respect to the cost of higher education. Aren't committed to a four-year degree or don't want to become an engineer but want to be a, a technician? Do you, do you have a suggestion for how they pursue that career without without becoming an engineer? I started my career at by going to ITT Technical Institute. I got a two-year associate's degree. Okay. And from that two-year associate's degree, I've built an entire career in the critical power industry because that education, that start, yes, I get it. They don't go to a four-year college, but that, that doesn't mean the doors are closed to them. Most of my guys and gals, they have technical degrees, two-year technical degrees. Because once they're out of school, that degree is really just a ticket to enter the race. Once you get chosen by a company, your education doesn't stop. It starts. And you're constantly constantly being educated, constantly being trained, sent to various schools, sent to various uh, seminars, on and on and on. So after a few years, you've got not only four years' worth of education, you've got probably eight years' worth of education. And, and a far superior uh, base to work out of. So, yeah, I do encourage them to go to technical trade schools like DeBry and so forth. Okay. Well, that's great to hear. Well, I want to thank you for taking your time with us today. If there's, if there's something you'd like to say as we wrap this up, that if you have a book you want to pitch, if, if you, have, you want to say hi to Grandma, uh, this is your moment right now. Well, just to say hi to the team at Odyssey Power. They're a great group of folks led by great people. Uh, Mike Polera and Josh Linehan do a great job leading our company. We're just a real tight group that works so well together. But also I want to thank the folks at DSPM for making a good quality product. I wasn't exaggerating when we talked before about I never have a problem with these units. I buy them brand new. They come 100% ready to go. Uh, the quality of the build is superior. Uh, never a part shortage, um, and all the folks at DSPM that work with us on a daily basis, uh, it's, it's just really pleasant to do business with them. So I say go DSPM. Thank you so much, Peter, and you know, I want to wish you a great week. We'll stay in touch. We're here when we're needed most in an emergency. Well, that brings today's episode of Power That Matters to a close. Certainly, None of this is possible without your participation. Next week, join us here at Power That Matters as we continue to discuss emergency power with experts from around the country. 
If you have any questions you want answered or topics you'd like discussed, please email them to me at tbanks at dspmanufacturing.com. Also, if you need help with any projects, simply call DSPM toll-free at 877-377-6769. Our team understands our technology, your needs, and is here to help. Again, thank you for making all we do possible. From all of us at DSPM to you, our partners in ensuring the lights are on when they matter most in an emergency. Be well and never forget, DSPM is here with power that matters.